Awesome, awesome, awesome. Let's see here. Can you hear me? Okay. You won't believe what happened last gathering when I got up here. <laughs> I got up here and uh, I turned this thing on and it went like this loudest sound you've ever heard in your life was like piercing the ears in here. And then I hit this and it knocked over and everything fell over out here. And it was like, okay, and we're here. It's Sunday morning. <laughs> Praise God. All right. But that didn't happen today. So on this gathering, thank you. I took a bow last gathering, too. I'll take one for that as well. Thanks. Um, man, good to see y'all. Welcome to the well today. And uh, if my voice is a little hoarse today, it's because uh, Texas won. And uh, yeah, we're, Texas is back, right? I'm kidding. I'm not going to go that far today. Don't worry. I'm not that delusional. Um, I love our team. It was fun. It was a... It was a fun night last night, and uh, it was cool this morning. We had a lot of college students in here, and uh, I thought that was cool. We had a bunch of college students show up at a, at a 9 a.m. gathering after a football game <laughs> like that. So that's cool. Um, hey, if you need a Bible today, we're going to hop into the Word as usual, and we want your eyes and your ears on it. Um, the ushers are going to be going by right now, so if you just raise your hand high, uh, no shame in that. It's a gift from us. We want to give you this Bible. You can leave it if you don't need it after this, but if you want to take it home, uh, it's our gift to you. Also, uh, you can pull up version, as we always say this as well. Uh, the version Bible app has an event. If you click events and the Well Austin, you can follow along with the notes that we have of everything that will be up here, or you can just plug in, if you can read that down there, uh, this Bible event into your browser. Uh, we're going to hop in today, but before we do that, would y'all just pray with me real quick? Father, we love you. I love you so much, and I just pray for your presence to be here with us today. You need no invitation from me or us or anybody here, but I do ask that you would pierce hearts today. I pray that you would do only what you can do in this place today. There is no man up here. There's no person in this building that can move a heart, convict a heart, speak to a heart, change a heart, but you. We can try to fix people, move people, and Lord, that's not our job. It's yours. I pray that you would work into the hearts and lives of people today, that your word you promise us would not return void today. I pray that it would challenge people I pray that the person who walked in here today not thinking that they would be reached today, that you would actually deposit something into their lives today. For the person that's walking in here that's never even stepped foot in a church or it's their first time, I pray that they feel so loved and welcomed that they can show up here just as they are right now and that they would just be able to receive from you what you want to say. And for those of us that call this home, Lord, I ask today that you would spur in people in here uh, just the desire to even carry more. That you promise us that when we give our lives away, that you will help us gain our lives. It's the upside down economy of your kingdom, Lord. So today I pray that we would learn to let go even more of maybe our grip on our own lives and just open our eyes and our ears to what you have to say. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, so today's message is, uh, can somewhat be countercultural. It can be somewhat um, really opposite of maybe what you might desire to hear in some ways. I'm just going to kind of tell you from the beginning and lay my cards out. Uh, it's a heavier message maybe than normal. 
All right, so um, I just want to be real with you today. If you're expecting to come in here and just have this complete, yeah, I, I think you will be lifted. I think maybe some of you will probably come up, up afterwards and say, oh, no, man, that was really lifting and it was really encouraging. And I think that is the hope. I think the word of God is encouraging and lifting. But at the same time, there is uh, some weight to this message today. And there really is a call to a little bit of an introspection onto your life and really your, your time and where you give of yourself and where you give of your energies and your talents. And we talk about those three things all the time here, time, talent, and treasure. And I think there's a little bit of a call out today, and it's somewhat countercultural to a generation that, um, look, I, I don't think that the word millennial is a cuss word like a lot of people uh, probably have sometimes. Uh, I actually think that we are, have one of the greatest generations that I've ever uh, encountered and heard of. And I talk to older people who are business leaders, and they say the same thing. They go, man, this generation is amazing. They are so capable and so able. And if y'all think y'all are amazing, check out Generation Z, who's coming up right behind you. These people are in college right now, and they're the most entrepreneurial entrepreneurial generation ever. Like, don't tell them that they need a title. Uh, they're just going to go create something and get it done on their own. And so right in this room today is a lot of gifted people. There's a lot of energy. There's a lot of talent. But I think that sometimes in this, uh, there still is a question of like the commitment level to things, to each other, to our work, to our jobs, to our roles. Like when I say commitment, we all kind of shudder at what does that even mean? And that kind of feels a little scary, right? And I think that today is a little bit of a challenge to that. Um, I know that this message can be theological. It can be a doctrinal teaching on serving and giving your life away. And that's what we are talking about today, by the way. What does it look like to give your life away to something greater? To not waste your life in the process of living in this life. Uh, and I do think that it can be very theological and very heady. But here's my prayer today. And here's me laying out the cards. My prayer is that this will travel from our heads into our heart, and it'll outwork in our hands and our feet and what we end up doing with our lives. And I pray today that God would stir you and challenge you and that you wouldn't leave here today just hearing a message, but that you would leave here actually with some things to walk through over this next week. Sound good? Y'all in with me on that? You alive? You awake? I love it. I love Eileen Drake, by the way. Can we just shout out this girl again? Ah. Man, any time to celebrate anybody is so worth it. And uh, Eileen is amazing. I, I'm telling you right now, gosh, I wish we had uh, 450 weeks that we could highlight every single one of you in so many ways. And so here are hearts that, uh, man, we just prayed and asked the Lord, like, who, who do you want us to kind of put up here in each week? And man, we just wanted to say thank you to her. And uh, we could say that to every single person in here. I don't think you probably even realized today, maybe you didn't walk in here and know that these chairs were all set out one by one by somebody. That every little bulletin that was handed to you and the card and the pen that was placed so perfectly in the center, like that's intentional. They put that there. Uh, they put the draping, people put draping up back here. They put, the, there's sound guys in the back that are handling levels and my craziness and the worship leader's craziness and people putting out tables and buying bread and opening the doors and unlocking things. We have a security officer walking around to make sure nothing happens today. We have people who clean this building also for us, by the way, and opened up classrooms. And there's people with your kids right now that are teaching them the gospel. They're not just babysitting them. They're teaching them gospel truths to come home and to memorize the word of God to be implanted in their heart because no age is too young to be speaking the gospel to. No age is too young for God to claim a heart and a life. And so there are people carrying some weight today in this place. And Eileen, man, she's amazing. Uh, she's been a community group shepherd for four years now. 
Uh, shout out community groups. Uh, she was the children's director here for two years, uh, voluntarily, in her own time. Uh, she has served in children for five years, and that might not sound like a lot to you, but this church has only been around for six years. So <laughs> that's amazing. Um, she also, in her free time, she's an extension of our hands and feet to the city. She's a Nehemiah. She's building and restoring the walls to the city as she reaches out to the Austin Pregnancy Resource Center on a normal basis to give her time while she's discipling women in this church. And man, if it weren't for this video message today, you might not ever know that about her. And you might not ever know that about the other people who are standing in the back right now and sitting all in here throughout this place. Um, that's what this series is about. It's about the people in the fine print. It's about the people that are not seen. It's about the names even in scripture that God has given things to carry great weight. And I imagine in here, if we can have a heart shift today, God can open your eyes to believe that he has given you a lot of great things that have great weight to carry for the kingdom. Amen? Amen. We're going to be in Ephesians today, by the way. So, um, hey, we're going back into Ephesians. How exciting is that? Look, I didn't get any emails about this. Y'all know we didn't finish the last four verses of Ephesians, right? I didn't get anybody texting me saying, hey, man, y'all skipped over it. What are y'all trying to hide from us right now, Pastor? I thought y'all were exegetical, expositional preachers. And no, we definitely skipped four verses very intentionally today. And we're going to be talking about a guy in Scripture by the name of Tychicus. Tychicus. You want to say that with me real quick? It's kind of fun. Just say it. Tychicus. I like it, all right? Now, look, I went online because I needed to find out how you pronounce this guy's name. And there are 16 English pronunciations of this man's name that I could find. Tychicus, 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 Tychicus. Just going on and on, okay? And I'm settling on what I've been calling it for the past five years, which is Tychicus. And that's what we're going to settle on today. And you can call him whatever you want. Call him Ty, call him T, call him Trevor. I don't care what you call him. What you need to know is who he is and what he stood for in his life. And the question that I'll put out before you today as we get going is, I really want you to think about this. Some of you are here for the very first time. Welcome to our family. Some of you are, have been coming here uh, as a guest of somebody. Welcome. And then some of you have been here for a while, and you've been part for years, and you have been carrying some things in this church. And the question I want to ask you today is, do you have vision for this church beyond this week? Has God placed in your heart, I'm speaking specifically to the people that call this home and call and say, I'm a partner, a covenant member, I'm going to partner and link arms with this team. Has God placed in your heart any, have you asked him to give you some vision for what this place can look like? For what these walls that, you heard Tori last week talk about how we're wanting to find a building and a place. I mean, we were, we were packed out of the 915 this morning to the very back. We only got some room a little bit on the sides here this morning. And, and God is growing things, and that's amazing. But the, the reality is, is the more that it grows, the more stories and the more hearts and the more people are hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And there are more people that we need to help carry things with us. And I'm just curious, if God has ever stirred in your heart, what could this look like in three years if we're still here? What does my place in this place look like over the next two years? How can I, I had a guy at the end of last gathering come up to me and just say, man, here's what I do. I need you to know it. Here's my resume. What can we do to help? And I was like, dang, it's almost overwhelming. And I was like, I'm not sure even we were prepared for what 
I think God wants to deposit today, but that's what we want to ask you today is what is God calling you to see down the road in the perspective of your place in this place? And I wonder if you foresee much. I hope he starts to stir a little bit of that. I asked my college guys this week. There's a group of guys that I hang with on uh, Wednesday nights. We meet at 9.30, by the way, and at 9.30 p.m. It's awesome. Uh, they think that that is late. And I'm like, none of y'all ever go to bed before midnight, so what are you talking about? But uh, we've been meeting, and one of the questions I asked them this week was, uh, and I think it's a great question for us. It's, it actually is a great question for me. What do you want to be true of your life? What do you want to be true of your life? Like right now, what do you at the end of your life, you're not promised tomorrow, you're not promised this next week, what do you want to be true of your life? And then the follow-up question to that is, what needs to take priority and be rearranged in your schedule in order to make that reality happen starting now? Because what you do right now is going to play out over time. Nobody ever accidentally became the man or woman of God they desired to be. Nobody ever accidentally became the husband or the leader or the work uh, a CEO or the, the, the manager that they wanted to be. What do you want to be true and what has to fit into your schedule right now? I think sometimes time can be one of our greatest resources if it's not our greatest resource. You guys, this is a young church. The greatest thing you have going for you is time, if God willing, right? Amen? Like you have some of y'all 30, 40, 50, 60 years to your life ahead. And the question is, what do you want that to look like? It can be one of the greatest resources or it can be one of the greatest enemies. It can feel like a threat sometimes, you know what I mean? Like, I ain't got enough time to do it. I need, I need five more hours to get this thing done today. And I think it can be either one of those things. And, and the hard part about that is as you're figuring out how to use your time, Moses says in the Proverbs, or uh, in the Psalms, he says, uh, to number your days. Teach me to number your days that I may gain a heart of wisdom. That may be wise when I think about the days, the, to count the days of my life. And I think the hard part about that is we live in America in 2018 where we have options galore. <laughs> like everywhere you go, you turn on TV today, anybody still got the cable cord? You know, 350, 400 satellite dish, 400 channels. My goodness, what do you watch? I mean, I spend more time flipping through that thing than I do actually watching something. You turn on the movies, you can go to the movies, you can get a movie pass, you can go home, you can turn on Netflix, you can turn on Hulu, you can pick all these options of all these movies that you have on there. You got to figure out how to use your time this week. Where do I go? What am I going to do? You can actually, we got any travelers in here, people that love to travel? Man, you can figure out which route you want to get there, how you want to get there, which destination. You want a direct flight? You want a connected flight? You want a layover? I'm taking a trip in, a couple, in, in, uh, in six months, and man, I've intentionally designed a layover for where I'm going so I can spend uh, a day in this other place that I'm going to. Do you, uh, when you get there, do you want a window seat, an aisle seat, a middle seat? What place in line do you want? Any A-listers in here? B-listers, C-listers who don't ever check in until it's the very last second? Anybody? That's me right here. Uh, do you want Wi-Fi on your plane? No Wi-Fi. Do you want to check your bag? Do you want to pack your bag? Do you want to take a little backpack, book sack? Do you want to carry on? Do you, when you get on the plane, by the way, here's the menu. You have 25 different beverage options for you. And I flew a Delta flight the other day that had six different snack options for free. Amazing. Shout out Delta over yeah. Southwest Airlines. I'm just saying. You give me, you took away my peanuts and, and look, I'm just upset about it right now. You have options galore. Uh, maybe the age-old question that breaks up every single relationship and causes more relational strife in your marriage. Honey, where do we go to dinner tonight? And some of y'all are uh, well, you decide, no, you decide, no, you decide, no, you decide. Any Cheesecake Factory fans in here? 
I love that. Come on, girl. She just shouted out for cheesecake back there. I'm a huge Cheesecake Factory fan. You know why? 250 options on the menu on a 21-page menu and 45 cheesecake offerings for you, by the way. It's amazing. Options. Love them. We got them everywhere. God forbid we wonder why this generation has issues with commitment, huh? Where do we put our time? What do we do with it? Where do we go? What church do we choose to be part of? Maybe that's a question today for somebody. Where am I rooting in? Man, our heart for you, by the way, this message today is not to try to hype you up and push you onto some sort of team or a place to serve. It's actually more a bigger picture to say, where are you rooted? Because God's plan is to make disciples in this world as the saints, through the saints, that's you, who are being equipped by the local church. That's our job. That's what Paul and Casey and Jacob, these elders, that's their job is to make sure as elders of this church that the shepherds and the pastors of this church are equipping you to go out and do the work of the saints, to make disciples to a lost, broken, and hurting world. That's the vision. You want to know what the well is about? Bam, you got it right there. That's what we stand for. And man, today that's what God is asking us to question is how do you view your time and your life in the light of his plan and what he desires for you? Man, you got options everywhere, but I will tell you, Jesus doesn't save us to sit still. He saved us to send us to serve. He saved us to send us to serve people who will never thank you who will never give a rip about your hi, hello, I love you, good day, come to my house. They'll never care. Maybe some will. Maybe a lot won't. You know, the story of the disciples really is Jesus discipling 12 very ungrateful men for what he was doing with their lives. We see that three years later as people abandon him and they don't realize the weight until a little bit later of what he's done. And then these men go on to change the face of humanity. And this is what God is doing for us and for you. And then we will not stop singing that chorus here. That will never stop because there are 2 million people in this city right now. And they don't know the Lord Jesus. They don't know that there's freedom, that they can show up to a place like this or into your house with a gathering of two or three more people where the presence of God is. That's a, the church moving outside of these walls, a building. And they didn't know they could show up and just be themselves and hear that God is not asking them to clean themselves up and get to some sort of space before they can actually engage God. Who's plan A? You are. You are. Not even the pastors of this church are plan A. God has you to be part of that plan. Amen? Amen. Open up to Ephesians 6. We're going to dive in real quick. It's just a few short verses, power-packed. Man, I'll tell you what, you can read these things and just kind of breeze over them. I think I did the first time I read them. I've read this guy's name, Tychicus, 10 times before and never really even cared. I'm doubtful you even have it highlighted in the Scriptures. I'm doubtful you have it even underlined or named in here. But here's what it says. It says it right back here. So that you may know how I am, Paul, and what I am doing Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will tell you everything. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts. No amens? (laughs) 
All right, we got some unpacking to do, I think, right here. Uh, Tychicus, one of two names in all of Ephesians that is mentioned. Tychicus, who was a guy on the very end, on the tagline of the very back part of a letter that lays out for us the greatest story ever, that you have been saved by faith in Jesus Christ, that he redeemed you, that he pulled you out of a pit, that he didn't make you good, but he made you alive in Christ, that you were dead. And Paul says there's implications to that. Things that begin to stir your family and stir your life and stir your heart and change the way you go about things. Two names. One of them you've probably heard of, Paul. The other one, Tychicus. And God writes him into the eternal story of, of his name, of his work. That's important. Why? Don't miss this. There are two things that will last when this world is gone. Two things. The souls of humanity and the eternal living God and his word. His word right there will remain forever. And Tychicus is two for two today. A couple quick facts for you about him. He's mentioned five times in the New Testament. He's mentioned as a beloved brother. He's mentioned as a faithful minister. And he's mentioned as a fellow servant. And Paul is not one to just throw compliments out all the time. If you read in scripture, you will see this brother always calls people out straight up for what they are. I mean, he says, he'll say to you, hey, this guy's a sellout. You need to know he's a sellout. He'll say, hey, this guy right here, he is like Satan. Get away from him. Turn him over to Satan. He'll say, I mean, he's straight up. We're going to read in a minute about a guy who deserted him, and he calls him for what he is. So Paul doesn't just throw out a lot of compliments all the time, but he calls this man beloved brother, faithful minister, fellow servant. And this is the first thing you got to know about him. Tychicus chose to give his time to an unseen, unpaid position. No amens. <laughs> we all need Tychicuses in our life. This church is built on Tychicuses. This church is standing on the shoulders of a bunch of Tychicuses that have gone around and have built this place and are unseen. And every single day, they are doing things Monday through Saturday to prepare for Sunday, Monday through Saturday to open their homes to you, open their space to you. These people constantly are not paid, are not seen, and they are doing it for the sake of the name of Jesus. I'm telling you right now, it is the greatest privilege. I, I feel almost guilty. I feel like I'm getting away with a crime that I am paid to stand up here and do this. And I tell you, our team does not take that for granted. Your hard-earned money that goes towards our staff and our team and the things that God has placed on our hearts, man, it is hard to even talk about that for me. It's so freaking humbling. It is difficult, but there are people in this church that their names are in the scrolling credits. When the well is gone, there will be credits of names and God will honor them. You know what I'm talking about? You go to the movies before. Anybody, anybody, any, any, I know we have some, movie pe like some people in the movie industry here. There are credits at the end of movies. I used to go to a school, before I came to the University of Texas, I went to UNC. And in a former life, I was uh, an actor, and I went to uh, the conservatory part of UNC, and we had to take cinema history classes. And at the very end of it, we'd watch these films, and they would make us stay to the very end. And we wanted to get out and go after two and a half hours. They would make us sit through every single name. And they wanted us to catch one name and come back and talk about it in class. And they wanted us to read these names. I mean, how many people in here actually do that? You know how many names are in the credits of a movie? Two, over 2,000, some of them. In Iron Man alone, I was reading about this. In Iron Man, 3,700 names 
in those credits. It can take over 10 minutes sometimes to list every name. And I feel like at the end of time, when creation is over, for these churches like the well and so many churches, there will be a laundry list of names of people who are on their knees and serving and the credits will scroll. And this is the reality today. Hear this, don't miss this. There are no unsung heroes. There is no unsung hero in the kingdom of God because you might feel like the eyes of a human doesn't see what you've done. I even had somebody at the end of last gathering come and say, hey, did you know about this person? I want to tell you about this person. And I love that. Someone like in here fighting for their brother and sister saying, I want to, like, I want to tell you about what they're doing so you know about it. But you know what's crazy is that God has not missed an ounce of what you're doing right now. He doesn't he doesn't miss a thing of what you're carrying. Some of you mamas in here. Hello? Some of you mamas in here, oh, you're, you are carrying some weight. And God has given you that. And that's your kingdom project right now. Praise God. You might be raising the next Billy Graham. Oh, it's laughable, isn't it? Someone did it. You think his mom thought that? That he would stand in front of Tens of millions, dozens and dozens of millions of people. That's the reality of what God wants to shift in our perspective today. What that tells us is that not everyone is the lead role, but every part plays a major role in serving everyone. Every single part matters here, okay? At the well, we call ourselves volunteers here, okay? I don't like that language particularly. I'm, I've never been a fan of a volunteer language. Why? Because I've always been used to someone saying, hey, we need more volunteers. Come on, just give us more time. Come on, sign up. Put your name on the list. Write this down. Come on, please come. Please, you volunteered for this. You gotta show up. Planning center request, amen from anybody. Volunteers. <laughs> You're like, oh, from the pit of hell, these things come out. But it's all about fulfilling a role, getting it done, showing up today. And man, I don't think that's the mentality of the Lord. Like, I don't think God is calling us to go, I got to get this done today. I got to show up and put up the curtains in the back. I got to set out these chairs. I got to get up at 615 to get a trailer. I got to open my doors of my house again for people to come in. It is no I got to get to, it's a I may I get to. May I participate in the grand narrative that God is writing and the credits will roll and the names will be on there. Man, at our former church, uh, former church that I served at, um, we, uh, by the way, I just shout out to these great people that have really encouraged my life. I used to work for an organization called Passion Conferences and Passion City Church. And uh, my pastor and boss, Louis, was the person who actually planted this word in my heart and shifted my world and completely helped me see maybe the selfishness of, of my life and what I came to do and wanted to get. And, uh, and in this message, man, he, he really helped us see that uh, volunteers are, are, are kind of just, we don't want to live that mentality. And so what he came up with was this idea called door holders. Door holders. You're like, I'm going to be a door holder today. Not really that exciting, is it, right? Until you hear what's behind it. In 1 Chronicles 15, the Ark of the Covenant is coming back into the city of Jerusalem. And God, uh, God has, has his presence in this ark 
And David is bringing it back to the people of God. And there's this list in 1 Chronicles 15 of all these people, all their names, the people holding the poles, the people bringing it in, the people who have designed this whole ark. And then it says in the very small one line, if you blink, you'll miss it. It says this, that there were two guys named Berechiah and Elkanah. And they were door holders, doorkeepers for the Ark of the Covenant. They opened up the doors so that everybody inside the city of David could receive the presence of God. Does that move anybody today? Does that push anybody today to know maybe the welcome team person today needs to hear that when they stand at that door right there, that they're not just opening a door to a room that has dragons on the wall, hello? Welcome to the well. I'm looking at this massive dragon. These things keep popping up on every corner. I'm like, golly, can we get rid of the dragons in here? There's two massive dragons, by the way, here, if you don't know that. We cover those guys up. But maybe today you didn't realize, welcome team, as you smiled and welcomed somebody who walked in here who's never been here before, and you said hello that you were actually opening that door so they could come into the presence of God right here. That where the community of saints gathers, the presence of God is palpable. It is tangible. It is here, and he is here today. It's a perspective shift, really. When I think of Tychicus's, here's who I think of. I think of Garrett Boone, who on the trailer has got here every single time he's on the schedule. He's arrived here with the trailer five minutes before he's supposed to so that we can unload every chair and everything in here in this mobile church that we have. He's got three kids, by the way, and he also works five days a week and has only two days off, and he chooses one of them to get up at 6 a.m. to be here for us. Man, I think of Barrett Black, who's set up today uh, to be here. I think of the AV guys in the back who are handling all of our craziness and handling all these sound levels and fixing things and learning as they're not professional AV guys, but they're learning. They're willing to come and train and learn. Our our, Takasha back there right now, who is on the slides, who's putting the slides up for you so you can read things. I think of the ushers. I think of the welcome team, the children's team, the creative team. I think of Caleb, who is running a creative team for us to um, even have a social media account and send out emails to you to keep you updated every single week. I think of community group leaders, like Daniel and Marina Lentz, who have kids and a family, and they choose to open their home up. I think of our missions people who are figuring out and trying to work with our craziness of our team how to create more space for people to go on short-term trips, to serve in this town, to learn, in, uh, to, learn to engage in this community here, Madison, uh, before that, Adrian people who have carried the weight in these things, people. It's amazing. I think of our elders who give of their time and their hours in order to serve us. What does this tell us? It tells us that church, you've heard us say this here before, don't miss this. Church is not built on the talents of a few people. It is built on the sacrifices of many. Amen. This church is built not on some guy on stage that gets a microphone for an hour and a half and gosh, you have to hear him speak. Uh, It's built on all of these people who Monday through Saturday are the church in the city of Austin. Number two, oh, by the way, I wanted to show you this. I'm reading this book right now. It's called Embracing Obscurity. Uh, I love it because the author is anonymous. (laughs) You can't really write a book called Embracing Obscurity and then put your name in big letters right there, right? 
I'm telling you, their bank account's probably not anonymous, but uh, I love the tagline of this book. It's what caught my eye, becoming nothing in the light of God's everything. What is, this, what is that story telling you? It's telling you that God has an epic story that he's called us into. Uh, I'm going to pick up some speed here, but Tychicus, number two, was embraced as a beloved brother. Paul is in prison in Rome. He is in prison for proclaiming the word of God, and Tychicus shows up. He chooses to be in prison with Paul. How many of us would choose today to go do prison ministry, let alone choose to go serve a prisoner over and over and over? This man chose to show up into the prison, chose to serve him, and Paul calls for him at different times. It was a choice that he was there, as opposed to, you don't have to flip there, but just listen, a guy named Demas in 2 Timothy 2, it says that in Demas, uh, it says in 2 Timothy 2, uh, Sorry, chapter 4, verse 10. It says, do your best to come to me soon, Paul says. For Demas, who was in love with this present world, deserted me and went to Thessalonica. So I told you, Paul will call you out. <laughs> and then right, he follows that up in verse 12. Send Tychicus to me so I can send him to, to the Ephesians. Amazing. What's important today is Tychicus' heart was all in it. Do you know that this place right here will not be alive in the active presence of God unless these hearts of ours are alive and believing that we want to give our hearts into this. We want to pour our sweat and our hearts into building what God wants to build. Not what a man wants to build, but what does the Lord want to do with the well in the city of Austin? Our hearts have to be in it. And Tychicus had Paul's confidence. He knew, he knew that he could send Tychicus on a journey and he was gonna do what he was supposed to do. He, number three, Tychicus functioned as a faithful minister. He's called faithful. He traveled with Paul on a missionary journey in Acts 20 to Jerusalem. He served with Paul in prison in Rome. He uh, traveled with Paul to Colossae, for, to Colossae for Paul. He traveled to the Ephesians carrying the letter of, to the church of Ephesians to, the, uh, to Ephesus. And in Titus, check this out, he sends Tychicus to Crete to relieve Titus of his pastoral duties so that he can come and visit Paul in prison. He becomes an interim pastor. He had so much confidence as a beloved brother, as somebody who was sent and lived in a lot of the small little things that his pastor felt like he could send him to relieve another pastor to minister to a bunch of people. How amazing is that? Beloved brother, faithful minister, how far are we willing to go to risk our lives and our, everything we have for the gospel? Why do I say that? Because, man, make no mistake, this is a time when Christianity is not popular. If you do a little research, you just do a little research and you look, Rome and Ephesus are 2,000 kilometers apart. So when he's sending him out, all the way from Rome into to Ephesus. He's sending him 2,000 miles carrying this letter to these people. And the Emperor Nero was running the empire at the time and burning Christians alive. So he wasn't only just faithful, beloved, but he was risking his life for the gospel. I think God wants to ask you, hello, if you're here with me still today, how far are you willing to go? Some people in here God is going to call you to go to the ends of the earth. Some of you in here from this church, God's going to call you to show up back at your office space when it's easier to quit. 
to be faithful. Some of you in here, God's gonna call you to show up for your son or daughter right now in this season. Some of you, God's gonna call you to lay down your life for your wife, the arguments you have, the conversations you have, and to serve her. And that's what God's calling you in this season. Number four, Tychicus is seen as a fellow servant. Man, how do we become servants? How do you become a servant? It starts from understanding that your heart has been served. You have been served, therefore now I serve. Let me say this one more time. You have been served. You were once in darkness and God pulled you out to the light. I want you to see this on the screen. First Peter uh, 2, 9, all right? Check this out. It's the that we may mentality, that you may. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. That's who you are. You're a chosen race. God chose you. He puts you into royalty. He calls you royalty. It's not hype talk. You're part of a royal lineage and a bloodline. And he says you're a holy nation. You're set apart, a people for his possession. And the key word, the hinge, is that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into the light. It's so difficult to serve unless you live in this mentality of you were once in darkness you got to remember where you came from to know where you're going. The last thing I'll tell you is number five. Tychicus was sent on an eternal mission. Now maybe that doesn't like fire you up today. Maybe it's like you, you don't know what I'm trying to say today to you when I say this. But some man through God-breathed words wrote on papyrus paper the very words of God that you are hearing today handed it to him, he packed it away, he traversed 2,000 kilometers in not great territory so that you could come to faith. Do you hear today that God had a plan for you back when this man was carrying a letter to the Ephesians to tell you that it is by grace you have been saved through faith? Do you see today that you might be carrying something and you might not know any bit of the full effect of the ripple of what God is going to do with that weight that he's called you to carry today. You have no idea what God is gonna do with your simple yes. You have no idea what God is gonna do with you open your hands and saying, I'm showing up again. You have no idea what God is gonna do. Do you think Natalie and Tori had any idea the weight that they were carrying when they said yes and 11 people entered into their living room for the very first gathering of the Well Community Church, that they would stand here today and see what God has given them more weight to carry. Do you think they had any idea, did Tychicus have any idea what was inside the bag? Do you? Do you know what God is asking you to carry? This man carried the book to the Colossians, the book to the Ephesians, and the book to, that we have is Philemon, to Philemon regarding Onesimus, who we'll talk about a little bit later. But he has no idea what is sitting in the bag. And here's how he did it. He did it faithfully, lovingly, joyfully, exactly as he was asked to be done with his heart all in it. And God said this much to him today, I'm gonna write you into the story. Yeah, nobody might ever see you. They might not know what you're saying yes to, but someday they will. 
And they might not know today, well, church, what you're saying yes to right now. I might have no idea, but I do know and I have full confidence that God will stand up and Jesus Christ will stand up off of his throne one day and at the judgment seat of Christ where it's not about judging you by the wrath that Jesus took, it's by judging you on helping you see and God saying, yes, well done, my good and faithful servant for what you carried on behalf of my name. Amen. Amen. God himself is going to stand up, look you in the eyes one day, and tell you well done. It can't come soon enough. (laughs) So with all these options you have and all the time that you have, you got 168 hours this week. You got 744 hours this month. You have 8,760 hours this year. And you know, I think we ask our leaders uh, to give a certain amount of time if you're a covenant member here. And really, it's like almost once a month we ask you to serve. You add that up, it's about 72 hours in a full year to build the kingdom of God through the well church. I want to ask you today, what has God given you to carry? What is your vision for this church? I'm not trying to hype you up and sign you up for all of our teams today, but I am calling you into this, that God wants to close the gap of people who just show up and just, if it's your first time, second, third, you're figuring it out, be free. But look, these kind of sometimes are called seat seat saver sermons. It's wanting to call you up more. To say that there's a weight that needs to be carried here and not five people, not 10 people, not 12 people can do it. What are you carrying? Do you call this our church home? If you do, what are you carrying here? God wants to call you up and here's how and why we can do it. Yes, it will cost you something. Yes, it will cause you to extend yourself, but you are setting the stage. You have no idea if the president of the United States is sitting in that children's ministry right now. You have no idea if the next CEO of the corporation, which your son will be at one day, is sitting in that room. You have no idea who's standing in this room today. You have no idea who walked in here today and is battling the question of if they should get a divorce today and they're looking for a word from God to say, don't Don't do it. Stay strong. God will help you. We will rally around you as a family. You don't know what person is walking in here today and statistics will tell you is carrying the weight of wondering if their life is even worth living. And I'll tell you today it is. You have no idea, well, church, what God is trying to do with a few simple yeses, setting some chairs up. It seems so minuscule but it's the tichikis mentality that he is carrying more in the weight you think you're carrying and he will take it to the end. Jesus is the better tichikis. He is the beloved brother. He became the lost son. He is the faithful minister who doesn't stop ministering to us. He was sent out on an eternal mission for our sake and for his glory. He's the fellow servant that served us and got down on his knees and will wash your feet again today if you need him to. And he is interceding for you right now. 
the things that you don't have the strength to carry to God, he is standing in front of him and telling him right now and praying for you right now. That's the scripture's words, not mine. And he brought the word, he carried the word because he was the word. And we can now be beloved brothers, faithful ministers, and fellow servants sent out into the city of Austin, Texas. That's the prayer today. I know it's heavy, but man, God's love is. And I pray that he would stir your heart and just ask you, is this home? And if it is, if you're not sure yet, keep coming. Be free. But if this is home, we want you with us on the team. We love you. Let's pray.